Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Relationships is the greatest thing going. Did you know that? You're going to have relationships for the rest of your existence and you're never going to die. Your physical body is going to expire, but the real you is never going to die, and you're going to be in relationships for eternity. It is God's heart. God's heart. You see, God's purpose in creating God, understand this, that he had the vast host of angelic beings from eternity past. But why in time and space does the Bible say that he created man and woman? And the Bible says this, he created them in his image and likeness. It doesn't say he created angels in his image and likeness. The Bible even says you're going to judge angels. Ooh, I don't understand all that, but understand that man and, is his crowning glory. It's his image and likeness. And um, think about that. The eternal God who never had a need had a desire that was so immense that he created out of his own being <coughs> with his own word, fashioned by his own hands, people. Why? To enter into a relationship with him. Do you understand that relationships are the most valuable and important thing in your life? Nothing is more important or valuable than relationships. It's God's heart. I love John 3, 16 and 17. God so loved, everybody say me. God so loved, everybody say me that he gave his only begotten son that if I believe in him I should not perish but have everlasting life. And you know we don't, we don't remember the next verse. It says this, for God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved because we were condemned already in our sin. We were isolated from life because of our sin. So God didn't send his, world, his son into the world to judge us or beat us up, <clears throat> but to save us, to bring us into that place of relationship with Him. What God wants with you is a living, breathing, walking, talking, intimate relationship. Ephesians 1 says He chose you. He blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He, he, he chose you. Why? Because He wanted you. Everybody say, God wanted me. Don't forget that. God, give us greater revelation of that. God wanted me. He chose us. He called us. He defends us. He's interested in everything that's involved in your life. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. He is totally, you see, the problem with most of us is not that God is not interested in the minute details. It's that we don't invite him into the minute details. 
See, we think that he's not interested in our checking account. We think that he's not interested in the schedule of the day. We think he's not interested in that problem that arises and comes up every day. We, we think that, well, he's not interested in that. Why? Because we don't believe the Word of God. He is intimately interested in every detail of our life. He wants to share it. He wants to be intimately involved. But you know what? He's not going to do so unless we invite him to do so. He's there and he sees it. But see, there's a difference in knowing what's going on and being involved in what's going on. Did you hear what I just said? God knows everything about your business, but you've got to invite him to be involved into intimate details of your business. He's concerned. He cares. Why would you think his, he wouldn't want his son or daughter to prosper? He loves you. He wants the best for you. Romans 8, 31, I love it. God is for us. And if he is for us, who can be against us? Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. What a wonderful promise. So understand this, that covenant with God your Father is the highest relationship there is. Everybody say it with me. Covenant with God my Father is the highest relationship there is. Do you know what a covenant is? A covenant is not a contract. It's a lot higher than that. Contracts are broken all the time. A covenant is a holy agreement that is entered into by two parties by which both parties pledge to each other all that I am and all that I have is yours. I will love you. I will be faithful to you. I will defend you. Your enemies are my enemies. Your friends are my friends. All that I am and all that I have is yours. Did you know that God has entered into a covenant with you, a holy agreement? You say, but pastor, I've read all the conditions of the covenant and that we're to be holy even as he is holy and we're to not violate this law or that law. Can I tell you something? God got into a covenant with you and he sent his son to live up to all of the requirements of that covenant. And then having lived up to all the requirements of that covenant, which me and you couldn't do, he died to pay the price of our violations of the covenant. Jesus ratified the covenant with the Father on our behalf because we couldn't live up to it. Somebody should have said, thank you, Lord, for that. He has fulfilled the requirements of God's requirement and put that into your account. Are you in Christ? Yes or no? Did you invite him in or not? Well, God can't see you apart from Christ then. If you're in Christ, God sees you in his Son. And his Son lived up to all of the standards of God's righteousness on your behalf. Our covenant with God our Father through Jesus is the highest relationship that exists and it's to be honored above all. 
covenants. I'm a little concerned that many years ago, there was a sweeping movement in religion and even in the church that was saying that marriage was the highest covenant there is. That is not true. Your covenant with God, your Father, is higher than any covenant. It trumps them all. And let me just preach just a little bit here. Um, There was a movement in the body of Christ that began to promote that the not only was marriage the highest covenant there could be, but the church began to give people who were not married the idea that if you weren't married, something was wrong with you. That is nowhere in the Word of God. It's false. It's not true. Listen to me very carefully now. God didn't create you and redeem you so you would get married. He created you and loved you and redeemed you so that you would be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus and spend eternity with him forever. Marriage is not the highest thing going. Covenant with God is. Does everybody understand that? And we have many, many wonderful single people in our, in our faith family and partners of this ministry. Don't you think, don't ever think for one minute that you are in any way inferior to somebody because you're not married. That is a lie. That is a lie. You were not created for that. Marriage is a high and holy gift. It is a high and holy covenant between a man and a woman. Do you hear what I said? And it is a covenant relationship. But can I tell you something? If you get your relationship with your marriage and your marriage covenant partner out from under the highest covenant relationship with your heavenly Father, if you promote the marriage covenant above your covenant with God your Father, you're going to get things out of order and it's going to be a mess. Because until that covenant vertically with your father is intact and honored and obeyed, your horizontal covenant with your spouse is not going to work. Amen. Now, it's high and it's holy. People hear my marriage ceremony and they come up to me almost every time and say, wow, I never heard anything like that. That's that's serious, man. You you tied them up. I said, I ain't tying anybody up. That's the Word of God. All that I am and all that I have is yours. So let's talk about this thing for a minute. What relationships do, or do I have? Let's talk about three kinds of relationships. Number one is covenant. And we'll go more into that. We're going to talk about that mostly today. Number two, 
is committed relationships. <coughs> Let me give you an example of covenant relationship. It's with God and if you're married with a spouse. And, and covenant relationships can sometimes be with somebody who is not a marriage covenant partner. Um, 1 Samuel 18. 1 Samuel 18, I don't, you ain't got time to, tie, uh, to turn to that. Let me read it to you briefly. Remember David and Solomon, uh, uh, David and Jonathan, Solomon's son? I'm sorry, Saul's son. In, verse 18, in chapter 18 of 1 Samuel, this is what the word says about Jonathan. Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Then Jonathan and David, listen, made a covenant because Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Do you know that it is possible that you can enter into a covenant relationship? With, there's somebody that God has placed in your life who is a treasure. They love you unconditionally. They are faithful to you. Anything you might need, if they've got it, it's yours. You need, you need somebody to stand with you stand by you, you're going through some stuff, there is somebody that will stand by you regardless of what you're going through. They'll see you through it. They'll give you anything you need if they haven't. There are some rare, rare covenant relationships that God will bring into your life if you will look and recognize and notice. Is there a covenant relationship or covenant relationships with somebody in your life that God has given you as a gift? David and Jonathan had it. And that was not some romantic, passionate uh, deal that was out of bounds. It was a deep, true love for somebody that God had given somebody and they had the, you, you see what covenant Covenant relationships always want something better for the person that you love than for yourself. It's a holy thing. All that I am and have is yours. My name, my assets, my enemies, my strengths, my weaknesses. I love you unconditionally. I am faithful. Obviously, that is part of the marriage covenant. <clears throat> Do you know, um, then there's committed relationships. What would that look like? Well, it can look like a lot of different things. Maybe you have a business partner. Uh, maybe you have some strong, lasting friendships that are extremely valuable to you. Uh, you have a level of commitment to that relationship beyond uh, something that's just casual, and casual would be the third kind of relationship. You got covenant, you got committed, where you're on the line. I mean, you're working together to accomplish something with a, a partner, be a business, whatever. Casual relationships are the most numerous of all relationships you'll have. They just have to do with interests that are mutual. Maybe in the community, maybe a ball team, maybe a little league, maybe a business meeting, maybe a club, maybe a fan club, maybe. But you have casual relationships, meaning that you have a mutual interest, but there's no real commitment to each other. 
It's just mutual interest. You understand that? So we have covenant, committed, casual. Here's the problem. When we get those skewed and out of line, for instance, if we put committed relationships above covenant relationships, boy, things begin to really get out of order and damaged. If you begin to honor a deep, wonderful friendship with somebody or even a business partner or friend above your marriage covenant, now you got problems. Because we've gotten priorities out of order, see? Our God is a God of order and priority. Um, and, and we get confused sometimes when we get into that. Well, what violates covenant relationships? I've written the three A's down for you. Now, I want to tell you there are other pastors who do not agree with my interpretation of the Word of God about things, and it's okay. Um, but I believe there are three violations of covenant relationships. One is adultery. That's pretty plain, isn't it? One is adultery. Now, I'll tell you, I'm about to get plain here, okay? Um, if you allow somebody else in your marriage bed, that's adultery. Doing that with a married person is called adultery, and doing it with a single person is called fornication. They're both violations of your covenant with God and with your spouse. It's a violation. Jesus even said that somebody could divorce someone on the basis of the violation of the marriage bed. But I'm going to tell you something. It goes deeper than that. Adultery is not just the physical acts of sexual relationships outside of the marriage bed. Adultery can also not only be physical, it can be mental and emotional. Are you listening to me? The, one of the largest businesses in the world by far is the business of pornography. And in pornography is what attracts the mind to sexual stimulation. And I'll tell you something. If you're involved in pornography and there is in your mind sexual activities, any number of sexual activities, outside of the bonds of, of your body being a temple of the Holy Spirit and outside of the boundaries of sexual expression, that's adultery. So where do you get that? Well, Jesus said, if you desire a sexual partner outside of your marriage partner, that's adultery. Even if you, want, if you do that in your heart, even if your body's not cooperative. It is an internal issue. So ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. It is adultery to get involved 
in the mind and with the emotions in scenes and fantasies outside of the marriage bed that God has ordained for you. That's adultery. Man, that's a hard word. No, it's not. It's the truth. Well, I don't know. I've got all these needs, and my spouse don't seem to be uh, in any way concerned about my needs. Let me tell you something. Get to that point to where you go before Jesus, and you recognize that your controlling, manipulative thoughts and words are not going to get your way. If you control and manipulate somebody to give you some kind of sexual pleasure, then you've sinned anyway. Pretty frank talk, isn't it? That's all right. We've got to have that sometimes. Here's what the word. I, I believe Philippians 4.19, and, and pastors have always put that in the context of financial. It is involved in financial, but it's about everything. Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If you've got an issue in your marriage bed, where the first thing you ought to do is go to the Father in prayer. He knows everything there is to know about it. He invented it. He gave it as a gift. Go, go to prayer and recognize that a lot of times those issues might have something to do with you and your own selfish desires. Uh, and give the Lord time and give him the ability to counsel you and to give you instructions as well as patience in how to handle it. It's well and good to receive good and godly counsel. I'm not against that at all. But first go to the Father with it and pray and bless your spouse. Bless your spouse. Because I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing attractive about a controlling, manipulative person that all they want is for their own desires to be satisfied. There's nothing attractive about that. Pastor, you don't want to be talking about that with all these children. You, you can raise your children. You protect them. Adultery, whether it is physical, mental, emotional, is a violation of covenant. I've had godly men and women uh, in my pastorate come to me and say, oh, man, uh, my daughter's husband or my son's wife have, you know, their, 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 uh, their marriage is violated. And I always ask this question. And I ask people who meet with me individually when there's issues. Uh, are you in porn? Pretty frank, right? That's adultery. It is. It's a violation. Now, oh, let's get the other A. We got adultery. There's two more. One, uh, the other is abuse. Are y'all listening to me? I'm not God. I'm just your pastor. You've got, you, you run this all the way through God. 
Don't you ever let somebody in your marriage hit you. Did you hear what I said? Don't let somebody hit you. That's abuse. I said, that's abuse. You do not have to stay with somebody who's hitting you. Well, they always say they're sorry. Mm hmm. Let me tell you something. There is a difference in something that happens and it is a extreme, just rare happening for which somebody is extremely repentant. There's a difference in an episode and a frequent program. You understand what I'm saying? If somebody is, listen, you don't need to live with the threat of somebody hurting you but if I, were to, uh, if I were to do something about that, then how will I be taken care of? You've got a father who loves you. He can work it out. Don't stay in an abusive situation. All right? So we've got adultery, we've got abuse, and we've got abandonment. Do you know uh, that the Word of God is pretty clear uh, that when God talked about his covenant with his people and their violation of it, he would say, you left me. You left me. <clears throat> Do you know there's more than just physically leaving somebody? There is emotional and mental leaving too, where somebody just withdraws, they won't talk to you, they, they, they won't... Uh, come to grip. They won't listen to you. They won't um, talk things over. They just live in their own little world, and all they care about is what you can do for them to help their life kind of, you know, stay on track. Um, it's emotional, mental abandonment. Well, here's the question. But, Pastor, the Word says... The Word says, Jesus said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and leave, cling only to his life, only to his wife, but except for the cause of adultery, there is no reason for divorce. Well, here's my question to you. Do you know the context in which Jesus said that? Have you looked at your Bible and see who he was talking about? It wasn't just disciples. Remember the context was the Pharisees were saying, we just believe the law of Moses. And you know what that law was? If you don't like her and you're done with her, just write out a little writ of divorcement and say, there you go, I'm done with you. Go on to the next one. 
Jesus said that is not acceptable. What he's telling them is, if she hasn't committed adultery, that's... But now here's my question to you. Do you honestly believe that Jesus was talking about the totality of reasons for divorce? Do you honestly believe that there's nothing outside of that one thing that would be reason for divorce? Those of you who believe that, let me ask you something. Do you really believe that Jesus would want your daughter to keep on getting hit by a man in her house? Not a chance. Do you really believe that the Lord would make your daughter or your son stay in an incestuous situation where somebody is raping your grandchild? You really believe that? Not a chance. So Jesus wasn't given the exhaustive list of all the reasons why divorce could be uh, okay. He was giving to these people in that situation something that really convicted them because they had treated it trivially. It's a serious thing. God hates divorce. It's painful. We got a lot of people in our faith family who have walked through that. It's painful. But it doesn't mean life is over. It doesn't mean that it's an unpardonable sin. It doesn't mean that you can't go on. Understand this, that covenant gets violated sometimes, and it hurts. Man, it hurts, and it has an effect. It, it, puts, a, it puts a lick on you. You have a scar on your soul. Adultery, abuse, and abandonment are three violations of covenant relationship. Can you forgive? You not only can, you must. You not only can, you must. But forgiveness doesn't always dictate staying in a situation where there's abuse or abandonment or adultery. Do you hear what I just said? Uh, covenant. Highest order is a covenant with God. I've talked a little bit about marriage, but I want to close by saying, do you know that covenant also has to do with your relationship with God's people? When God talked about covenant, he not only talked about you individually, he talked about covenant with him collectively. Do you express your love for God through your love for his people? The Word of God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as believers. It's, it's important. You know that one of the greatest ways you can express your covenant with God is by showing up with his people and worshiping him, not just individually, but corporately. I know there are a lot of people who are listening to me right now across this United States 
in, in many in different countries across this world who do not have what you have. They don't have a place where they're loved and known and where they can come together and worship and sit under spiritual leadership and be taught the Word of God and have hands-on prayer. Do you know there are a lot of people across everywhere who don't have that somewhere where they fit? Pray and ask God to show you if there is a place locally where He has arranged and called for you to be a part of that body. If you can't find it until you do, stay under the Word of God and the teaching of somebody that God has called that you trust and connect with that is instructing you in the things of God. Stay where if you need spiritual oversight and prayer, you can get it. Stay where you can invest mutually into the work of God through that. See, if I say I'm in covenant, but I don't ever make any investments of my time, my prayer, my, my, my finances, then I'm not, I'm not really following through on that. Because it has to do with energy, assets, interest, faithfulness. It's a big deal. So what I'm trying to tell you is God has arranged for you to be in covenant with his people as well as with him. I love what Joe Malika said, and he says it almost every time he speaks to us. I missed you. I can't. He tells me all the time, I can't wait to get back there. Why? Because there's something going on here. It is a covenant with God's people. A place of love and covering and fellowship. And, you know, you might be in transition from different times in your life. Dean and I have experienced that ourselves. Just seek and don't forsake the assembling of yourself together, and God will reveal to you what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be. It's a covenant. Well, we're going to talk uh, next week about the traits of a godly woman. She is faithful, but she is fierce. Oh, yeah. I can find that in the Word of God, too. And I hope you'll be with me on Mother's Day next week. We'll have a great time. Let's all stand. I want to close by telling you this today. If you're in a covenant relationship, you need to understand that not only will it bind strength and assets and favor and love to you, it'll also expose you. <laughs> it'll expose you. Pastors have done a poor job, and I'm blaming myself. Part of the original language there in Hebrews when God created Adam and Eve. He said he gave them a helpmate, somebody. And the Hebrew says that will be not only an asset to you, but will be a reflection of you. You know, one of my most some of my most uncomfortable times is when God uses my covenant partner of 47 years now to show me that I'm off base, that I missed the mark. So if you're in the right covenant, it not only embraces you, 
it exposes you. So don't give up and throw it away because it makes you uncomfortable. That's part of the deal. Unconditional love is greater than being exposed in my weaknesses. Amen. Thank you for letting me talk frankly to you today. I love you. I pray for you every day. Two weeks from now, God willing, I'm going to talk to you about how others, like your children, what place do they have in covenant versus committed? What happens when they get grown? How do you love them and bless them without enabling them? We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. We're going to have some fun here. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.